Do you want or need to learn to make money online? Check out the Master Affiliate Marketing to 10K course. This is your first step to get started towards the life of freedom that you've been dreaming of. Go to mastersalesfunnels.com slash 10K to learn more. Hey everybody, this is Justin Coleman with the Master Sales Funnels podcast and today I am joined by Tim Fitzpatrick. He is the president of Rialto Marketing and he's the man that every business really needs to talk to because he specializes in simplifying marketing, which I gotta find out how because marketing's just all over the place. So. <laughs> and he helps you uh, grow your business with less stress. So how are you doing today, Tim? I am great. Thanks for having me, Justin. Good to have you on. Yeah. Um, so you run Rialto Marketing. Where 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 is that located? Uh, we're based out of uh, Denver, Colorado area. Actually, Highlands okay. Ranch, which is just south of Denver. So. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. you help businesses locally, or are you kind of nationwide? Uh, all over, all over. So, and most of our our clients fall in the service realm. You know, our ideal clients are coaches and consultants, professional service providers and uh home service businesses so contractors so okay but they're all in the they're all in the service-based area just and, because okay oh no i was just gonna say that you know we're we're obviously a service-based business so the way we market our business is just how our clients market theirs so it's it lends itself well to what we do sure so if they come to you how do you how do, what, what's your first step with them what do you do to to help them our first step is to is to get an idea of where where they're starting from, mm -hmm. you know, and where they're at to get a baseline. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't if you don't have a baseline of where you're starting from, you can't figure out what you need to do to get to where you want to be. You know, it's no different than, you know, my GPS. If I tell it I'm trying to go to Denver International Airport, has no idea what the hell to tell me until <laughs> I first tell it where I'm starting from. So Right. It's the exact same thing with with marketing. You have to figure out where you're at, and then you can start to plug in those gaps. Okay, so you kind of give them an audit, and what do you? Um, I read on your website you kind of build a foundation. Can you explain like building the foundation compared to just like regular marketing? Yeah. So what I find is, and you kind of touched on this, Justin. So many people are just battling information overload when it comes to marketing. There's just yes. so many different marketing channels. And then within those channels now, there's all these different tactics. And people just get overwhelmed. And when they get overwhelmed, they don't even know what to do. You know, and so they either don't do anything or they just start throwing tactics up against a wall, hoping that it's going to stick like spaghetti on the wall, right? Yeah. And Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But if it does, they have no, no idea why it worked. Mm -hmm. And what I found and what I believe simplifies marketing is going back to the fundamentals of marketing. So many people skip the fundamentals because nobody talks about them. Mm -hmm. They're not sexy. They're not cool. You know, people just want to get tactical immediately, you know, and put up a website and be on TikTok or whatever the latest tactic and, and thing is coming from gurus right yeah but the fundamentals lay the foundation for you to build the rest of your your marketing house from so the way i look at the fundamentals is i call them the marketing strategy trilogy the first is you have to understand who your target market is you know who are you going to serve and how are you going to serve those people everything from a marketing perspective starts with your target market 
And then the second part of that is once you know who your target market is, you have to have clear engaging messaging that's gonna resonate and engage that target market. And then the last part of it is you gotta have a plan. What's your plan to get that message in front of those people? If you don't have all those three things working in concert, your marketing is never, it's just a crapshoot. You know, yeah. it's never gonna be firing on all cylinders. So you gotta start there. So when I talk about, you know, getting those fundamentals in place, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, so how do you choose, I mean, your product may choose your target market, but what, what if you need to really narrow it down? Like, how do you choose a target market? How do you decide that's gonna be profitable? Yeah, so uh, let's, let's, we're gonna take kind of a step forward here. And let's assume that you have an existing business, because most people that come to us have an existing business, mm -hmm. right? They've been in business for a while, they've worked with past customers, they have current clients, for people in that situation, I think the easiest thing to do is to ask yourself three questions to start. Okay, the first question is, who do, who do you enjoy working with the most? Right. Why the hell do you wanna do business with people that make your life miserable, right? Mm -hmm. So let's start there first. The second question is, who are your most profitable clients? If we're gonna stay in business, we have to be working with profitable clients. And frankly, if we're not profitable, not only are we not doing ourselves a favor, we're, we're doing our clients a huge disservice because we're not gonna be around to service them, right. right? So we've gotta work with profitable clients. We need to identify who those are. And then the third question is, who do you do your best work for? If we can work with clients day in, day out that we know we can get great results for, they're gonna be happy. They're going to stay with us. They're going to want to do more business with us. They're going to want to refer us. So when you ask yourself those three questions, you're going to end up with this group of customers that you answered positively to all three of those questions. Mm -hmm. The next thing you do from there is you start to dig into the demographics and the psychographics in that group. So the demographics are the, the numbers, you know, are they in, are they in, is the data, are they in certain local areas or do do they make a certain amount of money are they in age brackets you know are they male female if you're in b2b are they do they work for certain types of companies do they have certain positions those types of things help give you data points about your ideal clients and then the psychographics are really about you know their thoughts their feelings you know what common problems do they have what common outcomes are they looking for when they work with somebody like you when you start to look at the demographics and the psychographics in that group, inevitably what happens is one to three subgroups bubble up to the surface. Those are your one to three ideal client types. And I always tell people, I really don't believe that you should be targeting more than three ideal client types. Yeah. I think if you start to go broader than that, it, become, it becomes too broad and it's, it's too difficult to figure out where you need to be. Yeah. But one to three is what I typically see. And there's no right or wrong answer there. It just tends to be that. And once you know who those ideal clients are, now you can start to look at where are these people? Mm -hmm. Where do these people congregate online or offline? You know, do they belong to certain associations? Do they follow specific websites? Do they follow influencers? Um, what, you know, what groups are they in, in Facebook or LinkedIn? Um, are there, 
common, like are there manufacturers or other service providers that service those types of clients that you may want to start developing relationships and get in front of. But all of those things, when you start to run down that and you start to create that list, now you've got a list of places that you should be or could be to get your message in front of those ideal clients. So it's that's kind of the easiest out. place for most people to start. Yeah, so kind of diverting traffic that's kind of already out there instead of trying to create your own traffic flows. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't. The, your audience is already somewhere out there. You just need mm -hmm. to figure out where they are, and then once you know where they are, now you can put your message in front of them. And yeah, you're totally right. You, you're basically finding where they are, and then you're trying to divert that attention over mm -hmm. to you. So reaching out to influencers to maybe get your message in front of people, kind of you can do like an exchange and get um, your message sent out to somebody else's email list, partnerships, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, there's, once you know where they are, there's all kinds of things you can do, right? Yeah. If, they're, if, if your ideal clients, let's say your ideal clients are chiropractors. Well, there's chiropractic associations. If I, w I would join that chiropractic association as a vendor or a service provider. And then you can start to get involved in, you know, maybe you can do training for the association, for the members. Maybe you can start to attend events that they're having. You know, just get active in that community and let, you know, start to meet people and let it be known that you're, you want to be part of that community. Um, you know, in groups, Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, just start to participate. People are asking questions, interact, engage add value and try and serve people that are in that group. And the more value you start to provide and the more consistent you are about that, the more people are going to start to take notice, right? So it's just, you know, it's stuff like that. What you do is going to depend on where they are. But once you know where they are, then you can start to identify what you can do to take advantage of that particular, you know, medium or, or group or wherever they are. Is it something that you should keep after constantly or is there a time when you should abandon that method and just be like, this doesn't work? Like, how do you know when that time is when you kind of need to divert your attention to yeah, another channel? Yeah, you know, that's tough to say. It's going to be, it's going to depend on what the particular channel is. I think that, in my opinion, I think a lot of people give up on things too soon. Mm -hmm. You know, so like I was reading something the other day about, um, a guy who actually services marketing agencies and he was talking about going into association groups in your target market. And he said, look, most service providers go into these association meetings and they go to one meeting and they're like, well, I didn't get any leads, forget it. And they, and then they never go back. And it's like, mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, you know, do you do business with people the first time you meet them? Most people don't. Yeah. You know, they need to get to know, like, and trust you before they're going to be able to take that next step. And if you don't give it that time, then it's, ne of course, it's never going to work. So I think you, I think what you have to do is you have to start taking the actions and take note of what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then based on that data that you have, then you can start to make decisions. Is this working? Should we give this a little bit longer? Do we need to make some tweaks or some course corrections? to see, you know, because maybe this isn't hitting, like with ads, right? Paid ads, people are doing that all the time. It's not, a, this is not a set it and forget it type thing. You've got to be testing all the time, getting the data back, and then making decisions based on that data. 
Right, so that has to do with kind of the marketing message that you set up with people, right? You kind of help them run through different messaging that they can give to their audience and see what hits? Yeah, so when we create messaging, right, once you know who your target market is, now you can start to look at what kind of message you need to communicate to, to be clear and to resonate with that target market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what we're trying to do here when you create messaging is you really want to enter the conversation that your prospects are having in their head. You want them to read what you have to say and just be like, oh, my God, just, Justin gets it. You know, he gets it. Yeah. Was, was he in that meeting that we had last week with our team and we were talking about this exact thing? That's what you want to have happen. Because when that happens, they're like, dude, these, these people get it. I got to reach out and talk to them. So when we create messaging, we use a storytelling framework. And I, I did not invent this. It was introduced to me um, from a company called StoryBrand. If you're familiar with StoryBrand, have you ever heard of StoryBrand? I have. StoryBrand was founded by Donald Miller, and they, you know, they pop. They basically took the hero's journey, which is a very common storytelling framework, and they modified it uh, and and tweaked it for marketing purposes. But what you're really doing, if you think about it, let's just run through a basic story: the the, the hero's journey, right? There is. Um, there's a character or a hero in the story, okay? They have a problem that they don't know how to solve. They meet a guide. That guide gives them a plan that calls them to action so they avoid failure and they reach success, okay? So if we take this framework, let's, I'll give you an example of Point Break. The original Point Break, which is one of my favorite movies, don't fault me, okay? But did you, have you ever seen the original? Uh-uh. Okay, I, I was thinking you might be a little too young. Um, so I'm dating myself. So in the original Point Break, Keone Reeves is a green FBI agent. The problem that they have is there's a band of bank robbers called the ex-presidents Robin Banks in Southern California. The guide he meets is Gary Busey, who is his partner. You know, he's a seasoned FBI agent, been there, done that, knows exactly what's going on. And he says, look, I believe that the ex-presidents are surfers. The plan is you need to learn how to surf so that you can meet these guys, you know, befriend them and, and infiltrate this group. So the call to action is you need to learn how to surf so that we avoid failure, i.e. they get off, and we reach success, we catch them, okay? So what we do is we take that same framework, mm-hmm. and we, what we want to do is we position your company as the guide and your customer as the hero in the story. Why do we do that? We do that for a few reasons. One, your customer is not looking for another hero. Okay, your customer is looking for a guide who knows how to solve their problem and help them get from where they are to where they want to be. So many companies position themselves as the hero. They talk too much about themselves. Our customers don't care about us. All they care about is what's in it for them. How can we help them solve their problem? That's what they care about. So when you use this framework, you f- your messaging is focused on the customer. You're only talking about yourself enough to position your company as the guide that has credibility and authority and empathy. And other than that, you're inviting your customer into this story where they are the hero. And that's it. And when you plug in each element, now you have a framework you can come back to. And when you create messaging, you're not reinventing the wheel each time. 
You just go and pull the elements that you need from the framework to create that message, and then you create it. That's it. But so what that enables you to do is be consistent, because we have to be consistent with our message. If they hear something different every time, it's never going to resonate. We need to be clear, not clever, because if we're clever and we confuse people, we lose them. Yep. Right? We're short on attention spans. If I land on your website and I read the messaging at the top and I don't understand what the hell you do and how I'm going to benefit, I'm moving on. So that's why the framework is so, so important. Does that help? Yeah. 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 I've tried to be clever before. Um, before Master Sales Funnels, I had uh, the domain Fruitless Productivity, which was kind of a, I don't know, a play on words kind of being the opposite and I wanted people to be like intrigued like what is that but people didn't really know what the hell I did so I, uh, <laughs> I found I found the domain uh, master sales funnels on GoDaddy auctions and I was like well that kind of really speaks to what I'm doing like sales funnels so you know it was it was a, a lot better shift and I've seen a lot more you know success since that point you know I think we we've all been in that place I know I've been in that place even as a marketer that does this for people it is so difficult for us as business owners to see the forest through the trees sometimes because we're so in our business, we, we can't think about it um, objectively. Yeah. And so I find what the best place to start before you start to create messaging is to interview your past or current clients and just talk to them, you know, ask them questions. One of the things I'll give you, I'll, I have set up a link for your listeners that have some free resources. Okay. about these fundamentals we're talking about. One of the things on there is a customer insight survey that goes through all the questions you can ask. If there's like 14, 15 questions on there. This is not a long conversation, but you're just digging into, you know, what problem did they have before they worked with you? You know, why did they choose to work with you? What are the benefits they've experienced in working with you? Those types of questions. And when you, when you talk to five, 10 clients and you start to read through those things, all of a sudden, these things come to the surface, and you're like, "Oh my God, this makes perfect sense. Why didn't I? Why didn't I see that?" Yeah. Well, you weren't objective. You so talk to your customers; they can often articulate your value much, much more clearly than you can yourself. Yeah, that's good. And you were also touching on the point of kind of being the guide and not the hero. And I mean, that's the secret to selling, right? A lot of people are afraid to sell things because they don't want to charge money for things because it's, you know, dirty selling. But I mean, we're really just helping people. That's yes. got to look at it that way. We're helping people. And as you said before, we can't really um, keep doing business and keep, you know, helping other people if we're not charging them. So you really can't be afraid to charge people. So, I mean, yeah. that's kind we, of a problem. I think problem. We, we have to understand the value that we provide to the market. And I think it's very common when you first get into business to not charge enough. I think most businesses don't charge enough. Yeah. Um, and I think if we have the self-awareness to realize that and really attach the value that we're worth, uh, you know, we're, we're helping our clients and we're helping ourselves. Right. Because you're going to work when people spend a lot of money, they expect a lot. Right. And I think that that even if you're not quite sure that you're worth that, when you know you're charging that much, it, you you kind of rise to the occasion to mm -hmm. make sure that you're providing as much value as you possibly can. But I think it is so much easier to work with people that are willing to pay. Yeah, for sure. Good money for what they want. 
so much easier. You work just as hard to make a low dollar sale as you do a high dollar sale. There's no difference. Yeah, and I've worked with think. clients. I've worked with clients for free, and those are usually some of the worst customers because they expect a lot, and it's like, oh, hey, I know you a little bit, and you do this specific, you know, thing on the internet. Can you do this for me? But then they expect thing after thing, and there's no like clear lines drawn, and you know, you don't want to do it because it's free, and you don't want to spend your time on it. So, like you said, not putting in your best effort. So it really is good for all parties, I guess. So, when people don't pay. They're not invested. It's so easy for them to just walk away because they have, they have nothing to lose. But mm -hmm. if people put money on the line, they're much more committed because they've invested in it. And because of that, they commit. Yeah. So at least that's what I've found in my experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess back to the point of focus <laughs> since that, that that's always been a problem of mine as well like I said I have a million tabs open and a hundred different things going do you like help companies kind of you need to do this because this is what you have time for like really help them hone in yes so you know that if you think about that third part of the the fundamentals the plan that's mm -hmm. what helps you it helps you focus it helps you identify when and what you're going to execute on um, and it helps eliminate, it helps eliminate distraction because if you, in the absence of having a plan in place, everything looks like an opportunity. So next week, you know, if you don't have a plan and next week, some gurus coming across wherever Facebook or TikTok or I don't care in your email inbox and says, Oh my God, you have to do this channel. Then you chase it. But if you have a plan in place and that's not on your plan, you you have your marching orders and it's so much easier to have the discipline to go you know what not right now mm -hmm. i'm not saying never to that new tactic i'll put that on my list but i'm going to evaluate that later because right now my plan doesn't have that and i need to execute my plan so look i'll give you an idea of how we approach planning because i think so many people look at you know uh, what's my year what's my year-long marketing plan you know, they may, if they have somebody do it for them, they may spend, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars to do that. And they're too long. You know, it's like a 10, 15, 20 page document. It's totally complicated and it goes in a desk drawer. I look at marketing planning in 90 day sprints because mm -hmm. for, for a few reasons. One, 90 days is long enough to start to see um, momentum and see things working but it's short enough where you can look at what's working and what's not and start to make course corrections. So do it in 90 day sprints. The other thing is when it's a 90 day plan, it's much simpler. I look at it in six steps, okay? Depending on how much you write, this might be two pages, but most of the time it's a single page. So the first step here is who's your target market? I want you at, at a minimum, I want you to have a paragraph of your one to three ideal client types. So if you, so if you have three ideal client types, I want a paragraph for each. If you have a paragraph for each, you're way better off than most people. You could certainly go deeper than that, but at least if you have a general idea of who you're trying to reach, mm -hmm. you're way better off than most. The second part is what's your marketing goal? What's my goal for the next 90 days? It should be specific and measurable. It's going to be time bound because this is a 90 day plan, but I intend to bring on five new clients in the next 90 days. For example, the third step is what's your budget and your resources. 
budget, how much money do I have? Do I have $500 a month? Do I have $5,000 a month? Your resources are your staff and or your time. Not only time, but capability. Just because your office manager has five hours a week to dedicate to your marketing doesn't mean he or she has the capability to manage your social media. So you have to be realistic about that. But if you have people on staff that have the time and the capability, then you should use that, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to have an idea of what you have to work with before you start to put your plan together. Otherwise, you might bite off more than you can chew. The fourth step is what's my current marketing plan? And when I say that, Justin, I realize a lot of people may not have a current marketing plan, but we just have to get down on paper what we're currently doing, what we have done in our marketing to give us a baseline, right? That reference point of where we're starting from. Then in the fifth step, we're going to highlight what we're going to focus on in the next 90 days. If you don't know who your target market is and you don't have good messaging, that's where you need to start. From there, I think your website is the next most important thing, and then you can start to expand from there. But if I have a big budget and a lot of resources, well, then I might be able to focus on multiple channels, multiple tactics. But if it's just me and I only have my time, well, I might only focus on one or two things, and that's okay. At least I know exactly what I'm going to focus on in the next 90 days. And then the last step is what metrics are you going to track? The metrics help you determine whether the actions that you're taking are actually having an impact. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the 90 days, you look at what you did, what are the metrics telling you, and then you can adjust your plan and you wash, rinse, and repeat for another 90 days. That's it. In the resources link that, I'll, that I've got for you, mm -hmm. the marketing plan template that we use is in there. So people can just take it and use it and run with it. But I think if most people use this six-step plan for 90 days at a time, they would find at the end of a year they accomplished a hell of a lot more than they did in any other year. Yeah, for sure. Is there any software that you recommend to people for tracking, just simple Google Analytics, or do you use anything else? It, it depends on what you're tracking. So, hmm. uh, look, I was a math major, so I can get into the weeds on the analytics. But I think with marketing, there are so many vanity metrics that just don't mean a thing. You know, how many followers do I have on Facebook? How many people do I have on my email list? Those numbers don't matter unless you're generating leads and those leads are converting to customers. Right. So I always recommend that people start with only a few and the most important ones. To me, I think you want to understand how many leads you're currently generating and how many of those leads convert to customers. That's the easiest place to start. Okay, because if I know, if I track those over time, I will start to know how many leads it takes to get a customer. And I guarantee you, if you ask nine out of 10 people, how many leads does it take you to get a customer? They have no idea. But if you know that I, I need five leads to get one customer, or I need two leads to get one customer, that's super empowering. Right. Because now when you start to look at what tactics you're gonna do, you go, well, you know, to accomplish my goal, I need to generate 10 leads, or I need to generate 20 leads, whatever that is, now you've got some concrete numbers that you can build a plan around and then work from there. I think the other thing too in the beginning, website traffic 
visits to your website is a pretty good number just to keep an eye on. Um, because if you're, you know, so let's say if you're doing some social activity, right? Is your social activity equating to an increase in leads back to your website? Um, you know, so it is the metrics you track are going to depend on what you're doing. But those first few I talked about, I think are really important places to start. And then you mm -hmm. can start to expand from there. Okay. Yeah. So you're kind of walking people through a sales funnel. You got to have the, the traffic rolling first before you can get leads. And then you need that conversion rate. And then how many of those leads convert into customers. So uh, um, do you actually map out sales funnels for your clients or you just do the, the play in? We do. Question? Yeah. Okay. I mean, we cool. certainly can if, if that's what they need. I mean, a lot of our clients aren't necessarily you know, there are, aren't using, I would say, very sophisticated funnels. Frankly, I think funnels don't need to be sophisticated. I think the simpler they are. They can be overly the, complicated. Yeah, because <laughs> if you overly complicate it, you have too many steps, you know, too many. Well, if they do this, then this is going to happen. When your funnel breaks or it's not working, it's not converting, mm -hmm. it becomes that much harder to really diagnose where the problem is. Whereas if you've got five steps in your funnels compared to 15 well it's going to be a hell of a lot easier for me to figure out what's going on in the five-step funnel than the 15. sure yep i so use funnel I, for... I lean towards simple rather than complicated yeah yeah i use funnelytics for tracking conversions have you ever used that program i have not no, it's pretty cool. Um, you basically just map out your funnel, put a little bit of code on your website, and it tells you how many visitors you have at each step, your conversion rates, and then you can kind of easily see funnel leakage. Um, that's the main thing that I promote as an affiliate. So yeah. that, that's really helpful in my plans, <laughs> business plans. Well, and I'm assuming that makes it, because you, know, you can get a lot of data from Google Analytics if you've put the information in correctly, but with yeah. something like Funnelytics, it's just all there in one place. You don't have to do a lot. The data just, it aggregates the data and makes it a lot easier to, to review and then interpret. Yep, it makes it very visual yeah. and it actually shows the dots of like traffic flowing so you can see what sources are actually working well for you um, over time yeah. and where your leads are actually coming from, your sales are coming from, so. Yeah, cool. So yeah. Yeah, you can't, you can't make good business decisions, good marketing decisions without the right data. Yeah. If you don't have data, then you, you're just guessing. Yeah. I, I, I had that with one of my affiliate programs. I've, I've been making money with it recently, but um, it's taken some time to, you know, SEO takes a while and articles are finally starting to rank, but um, now I need to go back and put better tracking on what articles are actually driving the sales because I didn't set any of that up in the beginning before I knew what I was doing. So... Yeah, kind of retroact that that whole process. Yeah, well, hey, no, knowing is half the battle, right? Yeah, and it's you know none of us are perfect. Even you know marketers that are in it day in day out, we all make mistakes, you know, and we're all testing, right? My, I'm of the opinion marketing is all about testing. Mm -hmm. We can put things out there that we know have worked in the past that are built on frameworks, systems that have worked. But there's always little nuances to, and there's things that are always changing. So you've got to be testing and getting that data so that you can then make informed decisions about where you need to make course corrections. Sure. 
Um, another thing I was thinking of as we were talking is I get like 50 emails from gurus every day in my mailbox. Do you think it's still important to find one and kind of hitch your wagon to them? Or do you think you should more go with um, finding your own way? Is it still important to find a guru and a tactic? Or You know, I think... I think it's important to get good information from people that know what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Because why reinvent the wheel when you don't have to? Sure. The, the frameworks and the systems that we need to be successful in business, whether it's with marketing or any other aspect of our businesses, they're out there. We just need to, we just need to go out there and find them and find those people that we really resonate with and execute right and follow what they're saying you know you can because you can get the information but if you don't act on the information well then what's the point you know so i think you need to find the people that you need based on where you're at right mm -hmm. so i might be following you know an influencer or a guru I, I hate the term guru but um you know somebody that is that has been there done that well I may need different information based on where I'm at, right? So, you know, you're doing, you're doing funnel stuff. Well, you know, in the very beginning, when I don't know who the hell my target market is and I don't have good messaging, I have no business to putting a funnel together. So I'm, not do, I'm wasting my time getting funnel information at that point. I need to be getting information about that helps me based on where I'm at. So I think it's really important to figure out the information you need based on where you're at and then find those people out there that can help you address those particular concerns. Yeah, and that should help you focus your um, education and training dollars as well because you're not paying five different gurus $3,000 for a course or something. You're, you're paying and you're yep. focused and as we've discussed, um, if you're paying for something then you want to like follow through for sure, especially if it's like a $3,000 course or you know $3,000 a month retainer for an agency yep. or something. I see so many people spend money on you know courses or coaching or whatever it may be and they do it and it doesn't work and they're like, yeah, I tried that, it doesn't work. And oftentimes it's not that it didn't work, it was it was the right tactic at the wrong time, you know. So they're again they're putting the cart before the horse, you mm -hmm. know. So uh, this was last year. I was talking to um, somebody that I that was in a networking group that I was in, and they had spent money on a YouTube marketing course, and it was a good course, you know. I mean, I looked at some of the stuff in there. There was great information in there, but they had no idea who their target market was. And because of that, they had no idea what to say. It, their marketing message was too broad. They were trying to attract everyone. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't working. Now, is that the YouTube marketing course's fault? No. I'm sure that the information in there would work when you get the fundamentals in place first. Sure. So I think it's important to keep that in mind. There's plenty of tactics out there that work. You just have to make sure you're doing them at the right time. Yeah. Um, timing is something I think I still need to work on and focus, um, as we've discussed. <laughs> um, is there anything that you want the listeners to know about your company, Rialto Marketing? Anything else there? 
Um, yeah, sure. I appreciate that. Um, if you, you know, if you've liked what, if you like what we've talked about and you want to learn more, just go to our website at rialtomarketing.com. That's R-I-A-L-T-O marketing.com. And if you want to take advantage of the free resources that I was just talking about, you can go to rialtomarketing.com forward slash the dash master dash sales dash funnel. Um, and I just gave you that link there. So, um, yeah, just go there. There's free resources. You don't even have to opt in. You can just take advantage of those. But if you start to implement and you get stuck, you've, you're hitting roadblocks or ceilings and you want outside eyes, just click on the get a free consultation button from our website and I'd be happy to sit down and, and chat with you and help you push through those roadblocks. Yeah, that's great. I'll be sure to include um, those the link to your website and the resource in the show notes. And like I said in the beginning, it seems like every business needs to talk to you because marketing is just everywhere. And if you're like me, you don't have a lot of time, you really need to know where to focus. And it seems like Rialto Marketing is you know, where it's at for finding your focus and building your plan. Cool. Well, I, I, uh, I appreciate you having me, Justin, and it's sure. been a pleasure. All right. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And again, this was Tim Fitzpatrick with Rialto Marketing. If you want the show notes, they're at mastersalesfunnels.com slash 030. And as always, thanks for listening and keep funneling.